water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and affiliated to Bending the Elements and Avatar podcasts. Uh, Today we'll be focusing on book three, chapter eight the puppet master uh and here we have with us both caleb and returning all the way back from i think it was the water bending master our good bud johnny how you doing today johnny fantastic thank you once again thanks for having me on the show and hope i still remember what's going on with this because it's been, it's been a bit since the water bending master although i'm happy to see i'm coming back for another kind of water bending special episode too oh that's true yeah there you go yeah, I just realized that. I don't know if I asked this before, um, but what out of all these styles from this TV sh- series, with when it comes to like earth, water, fire, and air, which of them would you like to be a part of? Like, which one would you like to learn? That's a loaded question. So, to me, it's a loaded question because not only are we discussing the the elements, we're also talking the the thought process that seems to come with them. Mm. You know, the the air nomads are very nomadic. You know, they're very more Tibetan Buddhists. The Fire Nation are, well, militant, to say the least. Um, Waterbending, they seem to be a lot more kind of passive and just like, you know, chill and isolated. And earthbending is kind of, well, whatever Bossing say is. Yeah, that's, that's a good question, though. I mean, I feel like I feel like air would be fun just to, for the flight, if nothing else. Yeah, let's go. But I also I feel like water would be kind of the most... Water or earth would be the most versatile. If you look fire, you're, you're just kind of limited to shooting fire at things, which is cool, but that's kind of your main trick. Yeah. Well, in this one, you also can uh, bend lightning. True. That's true. But that's only like one person out of how many thousand who can actually use that? Uh, in this, there's th- uh, there's confirmed two people who can so far. There's probably been others, but like we've seen two people do it like in front of us. So it's about as rare as blood bending, basically. That's, uh, well, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about there, but sure. Um, so yeah, this one was written by our old pal Tim Hedrick. He's uh, yeah, frequent uh, writer there behind the pen, and directing was once again helmed by Joaquin De Santos hmm. back again. Good old Joaquin. Yeah, fresh off the well, not all fresh off, but like fresh off doing um, Into the Spider Verse or whatever the new one is called. <laughs> yeah, fresh off. Yeah. yeah, like 15 years later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fresh, he, fresh off, yeah. <laughs> he, came, he came from the future to do, or came from the past to do that that movie, and uh, now he's come back to the past to, um, I guess, finish off Avatar. That's why this show is so good. Um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> definitely the show. Uh, and uh, animation was provided by JM, because... Oh, I'm shocked. I'm stunned. Are you? Are you? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I think so. I have no context for any of this. this yes. Is, I... It's totally fair. <laughs> Oh, but just before we uh, jump into the episode proper, I'm just going to quickly read off the summary for us here. So, we begin this episode with the gang enjoying some firelight spooky tales. They all go around the circle, they tell some stories, and Katara tells a true horror tale from their home village. 
when they're disturbed by Toph claiming to hear screaming coming from under the mountain. And to add to their fright, an old lady wanders in their midst and terrifies the group. She introduces herself as Hama and invites them to come share a meal at her abode. During this dinner, we discover that people have been going missing in the village, something that immediately attracts the investigating prowess of Sokka Holmes. The following day, they head into town to do some shopping, and he overhears from some men that the disappearances happen only on the night of the full moon, which will happen again in two days' time. Sokka fixates on the idea that the firebenders must have done something to anger a local spirit, and begins investigating who could be at fault. And still working with the ominous vibe he got from Hama during their initial meeting, he takes the first chance he can get to search her home for anything suspicious. And after going through her things, he discovers a box he thinks might hold the answer. But just as he's trying to pick the lock with his sword, the old woman appears and it's revealed that it contains a whale-tooth comb from their shared home, the Southern Water Tribe. This new revelation makes her fast friends with Katara, and she soon takes her under her wing as a mentor, as she too is a waterbender. Sokka continues his investigation and it becomes clear a local mountain seems to be tied up in the mystery. Some more plot ensues, training blooms, and it all comes to a head on the night of the full moon when the gang discovers that in the base of the mountain, the missing people are being held prisoner there. And on the Katara side of the plot, Hama reveals her backstory, that she was taken by the Fire Nation when she was young, along with all the other Southern Water Tribe benders. And while held in bondage, she learned a sinister technique in waterbending, where she could use the water and blood to control people like puppets. And she's been using this technique to kidnap people and reenact the horrors she experienced as a Fire Nation prisoner, except now on innocent Fire Nation civilians. But she's growing old, and she thinks that Katara is the perfect choice to continue her work. Horrified at this prospect, Katara turns against her. A fight ensues, and it worsens when the rest of the boomerangs show up to help. Hama controls them, and uses them to attack Katara. And when all seems lost, and Aang and Sokka are driven to a near-fatal collision with Sokka's sword, Katara is forced to utilize bloodbending on the old woman, she wins the fight, but the old woman laughs, happy to see her technique passed on to another bender. And with Katara's tears of the horror of the evening, we end the Puppet Master. But if uh, all of us can uh, get our legally, legally, digitally, or physically versions of uh, Avatar somewhere and get it to the timestamp 000, uh, press play right now. But yeah, book three. It's, it's exciting to continue this. I, I've been... Surprisingly, I've not remembered book three as well as I remembered book one and two, even though I've seen this one more recently. I don't know why that is. But the Puppet Master was one that I was kind of like, oh, do I remember this one? And yeah, once I realized it was the bloodbending one, I was like, OK, here we go. Yeah. So, excited to dive into it. Whistler son. I kind of like this this uh, fake out intro they have here. By fake out intro, I kind of I mean that like uh it starts off with a horror story, you know, telling horror stories. So you think, oh, hey, it's setting the tone. But then it, it goes back to how Sokka's bad at it. <laughs> and it kind of goes back into the comedy and more of the show's regular uh, atmosphere. You know what I mean? The regular feel. Mm-hmm. And now we get the real horror story. Yeah, and that, that is one of the things that makes this one stand out is I don't really feel like there's too many Avatar episodes that feel like they have more of a horror bent. <laughs> Maybe the swamp a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, there you go unintentional pun i would say maybe when uh in like the season finale in book one when he goes to the spirit world could have so with ko i'm pretty sure oh, that yeah. would have some like you know pretty yeah. mischievous and uh, horror sensibilities given that he can change uh, his face in anything and also take people's faces off like in face off <laughs> yes he can take people's faces off yeah like robocop too that's pretty scary wait two specifically or the first one uh, one, one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, 
I think the other important thing is I like the setup for the previously on. I think if people didn't know about, you know, what, what had happened in some of the episodes prior, it's a little bit of a good setup. I, I kind of like that. That we're like, you know, dealing with full moons, yeah. um, the ship from the beginning at the South Pole and the several other uh, plot points. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was smart considering that, uh, yeah, what we're going to get later on that we start out with one of these horror stories being about their home village in the, the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. Because this this cool because this is a very... This is the story, as I've said long ago, this is the story that's very, very rich in um, in lore and in culture. It's cool mm-hmm. to kind of see more of that. And it feels genuine. It doesn't feel just like, oh, yeah, scary story, blah. You know, it just feels like it's like it actually may have happened. Yeah. But that's always something that the lore in this series is always, and the world building is always just feels so authentic. Scary stories to tell at night or whatever that show was called. Or to tell in the dark. In the dark. Tell the dark. Thank you. That's that's what it was. That's a good book. We've discussed that. So. Hey, R.L. Stein, take notes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just sorry, sorry. Actually, you know what I kind of wish, Caleb, is that uh, during this, like either with Sokka or with Katara when they were talking, I, I kind of wish that we had uh, a zoom, like a, a quick like zoom face or a zoom to their face like it was from the fog. Oh, what the little kids in the beginning, their little ghost story. Yeah, in the beginning and that, yeah, the guy's telling them and then all of a sudden just like, bam, right to his face. Power in the kisser. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Uh, but Isaac, as our usual play-by-play man, do you want to go through this little story here a little bit? Um, I, I don't. We don't have to. I mean, I think I, I don't know if it's setting anything up. I don't know if it thematically or symbolically means anything for Katara to what's going to happen in the story or in in this episode. I mean, uh, but it definitely does make me question which house they were talking about. Where like as this massive snowstorm happens and this like this this couple and this family. Uh, are left inside and when they like cover the snow the fire still is on but they're nowhere to be seen so it's like all right like definitely i think it may just be like getting us ready for like this is going to be a creepy episode so if you're uncomfortable like the exit is that way yeah yeah it's it's definitely a tone setter in that regard it's not very common to see that in this kind of series yeah and coming coming from the exit yeah Toph notices with her uh with her little sense bending seismic sense bending that some footsteps are coming their way, some potentially elderly footsteps approaching. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that she also can hear screaming. Yes. Like she can sense the vibrations of uh, screaming under the mountain. Oh, yes. Yeah, there you go. I, I've forgotten that little bit there. Mm. And that's a very interesting bit because for something that's so obviously ominous, it, it's it's really glossed over. Yeah, they, they almost, maybe it's because the group tended to, just think that she's like screwing with them, yeah. Playing out a joke to try to scare them, and and especially in the context of the stories, it it really does come off that way. Like that's one thing about this episode that's very, and and this is also another part describing what comes a bit later too, is that it seems to hint at things where it just kind of like where it constantly plays with with you, kind of going like, "Hey, is this going to be this?" Nah, it probably isn't, but then it kind of is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this episode does that a few times. And I do like the introduction of this this creepy lady coming out. You children shouldn't be out here at night like this. It's like, oh no, it does feel like a the horror person stumbling upon you. It's just kind of like, are you the villain? Yeah. <laughs> Shush. Are you, are you the antagonist? Shush. <laughs> nah, she's cool. Her first name's Antag, last name Ganis. No kidding. Right? Yeah, come to my gingerbread house and let's, uh, yeah, I'll cook you up something nice. Finally, the best adaptation of Hansel and Gretel will get. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no word of a lie there. Um, 
I do like how I, I will say this at how they portrayed her and everything. I do like how there aren't many situations where you can have a bunch of kids in the woods approached by a creepy old lady and have it not be entirely creepy. They, they do a pretty good job softening the blow and just kind of making mm-hmm. it like, oh, hey, no, she's probably just some some weird, chill, kooky old lady who's like helpful and stuff. Does kind of start off similar to like, I mean, I don't know if it's like a Grimm's fairy tale, but it does kind of start off like a fairy tale where these there's, there's like a yeah. bunch of kids in the woods and then like an old lady shows up and it's like, oh, is she a witch? Like, that's, uh, you know, if, if that's like with other, you know, fairy tale like stories, like what's yeah. the lesson here? It's like, oh boy, like that's, I think we're in for something here. Yes, yeah, totally very consistent. Yes. So at 0324, oh man, that is a, that is a funny image of all of them. Just like, oh no, it's just like, you know, something out of like Scooby-Doo. 0324, let me quickly take a look here. Of course. Oh yes, of them all scrambling together after Toph says that she heard something. Yeah, exactly, and then you look at Momo's face there, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, even Momo's terrified. I love his emoting there. <laughs> yeah, Momo's always like the Greek choir. <laughs> Greek choir. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but then she, she invites them home for a nice home-cooked meal, and they come, and she tells a little horror story of their own that... Uh, some town folks have been disappearing on the night of the full moon. Mm-hmm. So continue that little trend there. And yeah, this one has a little bit more of a real horror element to it. Yeah. So it wasn't just like a, so they're stumbling into a local mystery. Yeah. Looks like we're going to need the mystery mobile for this one. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, by the way, did we see Appa or Momo at all? in that little opening. Uh, so we did see Momo, but no sign of where Appa is. So I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? It's like, yeah, yeah, there we go. Not, not yet. He does come back in a bit, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Now we're in the marketplace. Uh, I'm in, I'm in bed with Sokka. Oh, that, that came out wrong, but <laughs> well, <laughs> but that's well, right. Well, have a look at the pose he ends up with. There. That I'm stays in. How wrong it ends up. <laughs> <laughs> i realized just as it was coming out i was like oops <laughs> but yeah we've all we've all had these nights where we're just like ah, we can't sleep for some reason hopefully not for insomnia reasons but like yeah you just uh it's yeah it's, you have those things yeah some some warm tea and or certain uh beverages may help uh put you to sleep hey there you go life tips according to isaac has anybody actually ever counted sheep i've tried yep yep i used to try no, i never tried that before I, I don't even like where does everyone see these sheep i just see empty i see an empty room yeah that that comes down to uh whether your imagination works in the way we actually create pictures or if it's just you know imagining that the pictures are there but not actually seeing them oh. johnny you have to use your imagination <laughs> too tired to use it at that point uh so you know we're we're, we're, we're you know we're doing like it's like well they wake up Sokka after you know a, a terrible night's rest and you know, the thing about Sokka is that he is one of his things he likes is he likes shopping. Uh, but in this and there's she comes in and she's like, yeah, we're going to go shopping. And he's like, doesn't seem to have like a good like he's not in a good mood. I guess like he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I guess he technically woke up on the floor. So I don't know. Hey, man, sometimes like we just have to sleep on the floor every now and then. But anyways, yeah, they, 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 they go to the marketplace and this is where, you know, like Hama and Katara have this like discussion about using feminine eh. feminine wiles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, charm to like, you know, charm this elderly person. But what the, the important thing, though, uh, is that Ang, Toph, and Sokka overhear these two uh, other fellows discussing the disappearance of another person of, of the town. And they're like, I, I wonder what's going on here. Like Sokka's like, it could be uh, it could be spirits. Did you just say spirits? 
We haven't seen one of those in a while. Holy smokes, we're we're, we're dealing with the spirit plot. This is time for Aang to go into the uh, go into the, the spirit world. Hey, it has been a while. Yeah, and I, and I wonder if me, and especially the attitude towards that, with like they instantly kind of assume, oh hey, I wonder what they did to piss off the spirits, and just kind of like, well, I mean, they're in the Fire Nation. It's kind of funny how they just assume the people just did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I didn't think about that. Kind of interesting, you know. Well, I mean, we the last time we did see them, you know, the Fire Nation interact with a spirit. Uh, it was the Painted Lady in Episode Three, uh, and we know how that kind of went down. Oh boy, it's, uh, that's a sore spot for us. And immediately, um, Sokka then I guess goes and yeah, just asks Hama, you know, if if he's if she's like either seen anything or what's up with the town, if there's been any spirits there, and. And she goes like mysterious town for mysterious children. Yeah, I like that line. Um, <laughs> quite cryptic there. <laughs> yeah, she looked like a kooky old grandma there. Oh, by the way, we also in this town over here that there's a, another full moon coming in two days. So a little bit of a ticking clock there for us to come. Yeah. Well, we also in the beginning saw like a, uh, a waxing moon. It's true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, then we we had we head back home to Hama's uh, Hama's hut. Mm-hmm. and Sokka's continuing with his suspicions. I mean, old Sokka with his thinking brain, we know that once he gets on a track, he he can't be uh, taken off of it. Yes, just like in Buffing Say. And she uh, is not present because she is, uh, where is she? She's still running errands. Sorry. She's doing old lady things. There you go. I think it's also nice because this episode, we, we really started to poke at Katara's character in that she kind of always kind of sees the good in people, the good in things. Mm-hmm. And, ma- and maybe she kind of like it can kind of blind her sometimes, but so you see that the two siblings kind of go at it here. And I want to point out this little scene here. If you pause it, when they're, they walk in and they're talking, you'll, you'll notice Toph is carrying an entire basket on her head without her hands. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. And Aang just takes it off. It, it notices and takes it off. And I'm just like, <laughs> that, I feel like it's one of those things I missed before. And I'm like, how's she doing that? Yeah. I missed that too. That's funny. <laughs> like it's not a it's not a it's not it's not a stone basket she can't just earth bend make it stay on top of her head like what what's she can't there's no way she can bounce it on top of that hair like what the fuck <laughs> hey she's a weirdo maybe she grabbed a few stones and put it in there no one was looking that's true she is weird <laughs> but speaking of weird Sokka's you know he's going upstairs he's like ah, I'm just gonna just start going through this lady's stuff you know she invited us to her home a nice host for us, and I'm just going to violate her privacy and go through all of her stuff. So we're the good guys, right? <laughs> he's not really known for just kind of doing what he's supposed to do. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, there have been instances in the past where the the curiosity of Sokka to know everything have kind of gotten the better of him. In fact, it usually does. <laughs> and then they find some puppets. Yeah, that, that, that must be why this episode's called The Puppet Master, right? I can't imagine any other reason. All right, so this means that the whole episode's going to now be in Marionation, right? Oh, oh, no. Oh, man, could you imagine if Avatar Studios puts out one of those? It's like a either on the, the Marionation thing or like the, the clay animation. That that might be interesting. You mean stop motion? They get experimental. Yeah. Walsh and Gromit. Yeah, that they do like a full marionette thing, like Team America World Police or something. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Also, can we just talk about how he, he he just picked a lock with a sword? Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, pretty flexible sword he made there. But he can't pick the chest with a sword, uh, and it's not dull, dulling the the tip of that there. It's not gonna. Okay, well, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, he could have, like, forced a lock. It would have probably, like, damaged the sword and the door. But, like, I'm sorry, I'm thinking, I forgot, I'm thinking D&D stuff. Yeah. I was thinking, is it a metal lock? Could could, could uh, Toph just uh, open it up with the earth ending? Shush. Probably metal lock, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's not like she has, like, you know, a piece of metal that she can bend to, like, the uh, mold of a key. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, we're just not supposed not to think about that, but I guess. Yeah. Well, and then we find out what's in the chest, and then things get a little bit more interesting. Mm. It is a horcrux. I mean, no, not, not, the, not, never mind. It is a comb. Yeah, and they're all amazed and shocked and, and fearful, because it does kind of look like a weapon. It does look like it could just stab right into them. Very sharp, yeah. It's probably made of what water drive arctic. It's probably made of like whalebone or something. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That is most likely what it uh what it most it what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like this is the real turn for Katara. You know, whatever early likings that she had for her, now she's like, oh wow, this is this is a, a piece of my history, this piece of mm-hmm. my my tribe, and yeah, any sort of concerns are right out the window now. No, and but the thing is. The difference now is now everyone's concerns are out the window. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Except for Aang with the whole uh, the dinner situation. He's a little concerned about mm-hmm. that. But <laughs> oh, yeah, the seat grins. Yes. Um, but yeah, now that we know that, uh, that Hama is not the antagonist, uh, that's it. Now we just have to figure out like who the who done it and uh, we can be on with our merit way. So thanks for your hospitality and we'll go. Uh, we'll go about our business. I also really love the use of uh, bending and cooking like the water, like serving soup with the water bending. That, that's just a nice little touch. <laughs> yeah, I always love stuff like that. Yeah, just to see how it would interact with daily life. Yeah, I love that. Not just in violence. You can just picture like 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 what yourself working like in the, like around the house and just using it for stuff, you know? Oh, no, it's it's just cool. By the way, we have Aang throw a piece of lettuce, uh, a head of lettuce, excuse me, at at Appa, and in the barn, and then Momo just proceeds to take it. So, and then somehow Momo eats all of it. Yeah. I'm just like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, how rude. Yeah, but sea prunes they makes you go poop. Indeed. Oh, oh. Choco lacks again. Second reference of the day. Well, they he went into the barn, so I'm just like, ah, that's a Iron Giant reference right there. Oh, there you go. Well, you think that that when Appa lets that out, it's gotta be like, it's gotta be like half the size of him, right? Oh no, oh no. <laughs> but speaking of uh, of, of uh... Sp- speaking of what? <laughs> exactly. I don't know how to do a segue for it. <laughs> but uh, the dinner does get a, a large. Uh, something there that disturbs the the event as Hama uh she she starts because Katara's like oh I've never met another bender from our our tribe and it, she takes it to a dour place where she says that yeah that's because the Fire Nation wiped us all out and I'm the last one she's the last water but wait a minute that's the wrong series this is the last air ah. not last waterbender <laughs> Oh boy, there you go. That's true. Yeah. Um, but if anybody was, if any fans in the day were curious as to, you know, what happened, like how come uh, there are, you know, no other waterbenders of the Southern Water Tribe? Um, that is just because, well, that's that's where Hama comes in. She explains that there was an invasion, and that similarly to what the uh, Fire Nation did to the Air Nomads, where they, you know, wiped them out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. systematically it seems as though they're going to do the exact same to the waterbenders and i presume also the earthbenders and so we get a flashback detailing this in fact at eleven twelve, we actually get a little moment of a certain 
boat that was raised that we saw back way in the beginning of episode oh. one. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Good catch. Oh wow, that's that's cool. So that's uh, that's that's a nice little detail. I, I kind of like very that. cool. And and it's it's not something that we needed to know, but it's actually nice that we did get to know it. Yeah, that's more examples of this series doing a good job with its world building. Yeah, and consistency. Yeah, and th- this flashback itself is is a lot of fun to see what the what the Southern Water Tribe used to be before this. Yeah, I guess like half genocide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing the people dragged away in the nets, like that's that's pretty grim for for anything really. <laughs> like, oh man, it really, yeah, it, it really brings it all home. Just what war is. Yeah, considering it was a Nickelodeon program, they went they went pretty far with the war details without really kind of going into the gore of it. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And then we get uh, a little bit later on the following day, we get to a little uh, water bending tutorial out in the woods here. Yeah, there was a moment, Caleb, just quickly, there was a moment at like uh, the timestamp 1137 that I swear the woman in front looks like either Katara's grandmother or at least a, you know, part of Katara's family. I could see it. Yeah, the one crying. It may have been grand grand. Yeah, it could be. It may have been grand grand for all we know. Um, But anyway, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, it was was pretty traumatic and... Yeah, all of a sudden you're right, Johnny. That um, yeah, Hama's just like I'm gonna, you know, to to prevent uh, our culture from being lost, I'm just gonna, you know, teach you everything I know, which is cool. Which is that's that yeah, that's pretty much how a lot of uh, a lot of like you know, uh, information and culture is transferred over from either word of mouth or you know by other means. Yeah, and then in that note, and I wanted to point this out when we got to it, actually, is you get your first hints of real ominousness with the, with the old lady when she pulls water out of the air and you go, hey, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And then she and then her first choice to do with it is to turn it into ice nails, which she then throws at a tree like weapons. Yeah. And you're like, that's a little bit, uh, huh. The first thing she thought was to turn it into a weapon. That's interesting. Yeah, no, that was uh, that. That definitely was. It's your first note of like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, she does mention that she had a really, really ugly time in those those prisons that she was locked up in later. So yeah, maybe maybe she learned. Yeah, the more violent side of the water bending because we've mainly seen it as kind of a beautiful thing with her and Aang training. So many pretty shots of that. Yes, and then also she has a line where you can find water in places you wouldn't normally think of. Yeah. Uh, and that's a very that's a very interesting line knowing what's coming up (laughs) yeah they do a very good job of setting up that kind of subtle ominous quality to her yeah meanwhile the other three are looking for a spirit (laughs) and we get a great a great line about the moon spirit turning mean (laughs) it sets sock off in a hilarious way (laughs) lunar goodness should the name of a drink or something (laughs) potentially make it that way um i also want to point out one thing as well uh at the moment where hama uh you know throw throws those like ice uh darts at the tree um is that uh, point out how jeremy zahn the um or not jeremy zahn or jeremy zuckerman um the uh, uh composer for this episode does a very good job with like this sinister these sinister undertones these these medleys that kind of sound like a, a music box almost mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. really give like a, a sense of of creepiness to it and i love the scene where you know she throws those ice nails like you said and katara just has like a smile like oh that's really cool but the 
background is like something's not right yeah there's the, mm. yeah there's there's like a seventh in there or something in the music right yes exactly where it just has a bit of a sting to it yeah and before we get back to Qatar and uh in hama we do see that ang uh, harasses a passerby and it's like hey do you know anything about this this spirit that's been stealing some old folks or all these folks i should mm. say <laughs> why do i think that they're all old i <laughs> Hey man, I don't know if he harasses him. I think he just at like, excuse me, sir. It's like that's not harassing. That's just like, yeah. pardon me, sir, but may I ask you? No, it's tough. Who's the harasser pulling on his arm like that? Yeah, and then we get back to these two, um, who were doing more water bending stuff, and they walk into this gorgeous meadow full of fire lilies. Great shot in Flanders fields. Oh wait, sorry. Oh boy. We we end up in a in a meadow, but what's interesting thing is. We got a great shot of these lilies, right? And then she proceeds to take all the water out of them and kill every single one of them in order to use the water to chop a rock into multiple pieces, which is a cool shot. Hmm. But it's another dose mm-hmm. of like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Especially how when she sucks the water out of them, they take on this dead black desolate color. Rot. When this is not lost on Katara too, but then the old lady's like, oh, it's just, you just have to have to do what you do to survive. And it's just like, huh, okay, okay. Yep, and then she, to lead, lead in another ominous bitch, she's like, tonight I'll teach you the ultimate technique of waterbending. And again, she has that, yeah, she's becoming more creepy as it as it goes along. She started creepy, then she turned kind of nice, and it's like, oh, no, this this grandma, she don't seem quite right anymore. Yeah, she, like, uh, there's a secret here, again. One of the, pre, one of the uh, previously on bits was back in, uh, during the uh, Northern Water Tribe arc, where guitar pose the question of like you know yeah my my i feel as though like you know my water bending has always been stronger during the full moon mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. like hmm she's she's like hama's talking about like an ultimate technique it's like what is what is this technique i wonder what that she's implying um but before we do that we we go over to uh the other three and we go go see old man ding old, old man ding is uh, is the one that supposedly survived this capture he was able to evade this spirit or this um Mm-hmm. Uh, kidnapper and uh yeah they go out they go inquire him for yeah. some questions <laughs> you know i just wanted to to side a little bit about this old man ding yeah I, I i i like this piece of animation i i quite like his his silly little recounting his story and how he's pumping him up as a tough guy you know putting on his little fists and his little uh yeah i think that was that was funny just him relaying that yeah, his, his little routine of like, ah, I'm a, I, I can take care of myself. I'm, I'm still strong as I ever was, and it's hard for him. To, <laughs> it's hard for him to raise a little. I, I, hey, I'm probably gonna end up like that as well one day. So I can't, I, I, I can't throw like you know any ageism at this guy. But hey, the episode, the episode pointed out. So not me. Yeah, it's clearly meant to be another little piece of light humor because he's all hunched over. His little pump in his fists was, yeah, it just it looks funny. And I love his little zombie walk. <laughs> yeah a little bit of just like i'm possessed look what's happening to me yeah yeah it, it, this episode definitely needs that levity wherever they can find it and he's uh yeah, he's a good spot of that it's so it's yeah it is quite funny like i like i've said before how like yeah the humor how, how much the humor works in this episode like yeah yeah, it, it somehow works. Like there's, there's been other like people probably know a lot of other projects where they did try to uh, put comedy into like a very, very serious like subject matter, and this just works. Like this is not Mar- the Marvel method or the sorry the MCU method. Like this is, <laughs> I, I don't feel uh, taken out whenever they like either make side quips or like they have a little like bit of humor here or there. 
Yeah. Yeah, it feels natural enough. These characters are, none of them are really comedy relief, but they all have their silly elements to them. So yeah, it, it always blends well. And plus we, we always get these kind of side characters. Whoever the side character happens to be is usually a little bit on the kooky side. So, so it makes sense that that will continue here. Yeah, like the um, from book two, episode three or four, Return to Bossing Say with the the old guy uh, with the um, the purple pox. Oh yes, purple pentapox. Purple yeah. pentapox. Thank you. Where you know they, they kind of point out that guy. It's just like let's all act like that guy. It's just like I've been doing it for so long. Or uh, the painted lady. Uh, what was his name? Uh, oh, there was there was Doc. There was Shoe, yeah. and there was somebody else. Yeah, now I think about it, a lot of kooky old folks in particular. <laughs> Something about the series is like kind of it's kind of on the nose, right? Like where you know they make blind jokes, they make ageist <laughs> jokes. Is this show like was this show like woke as everybody says it? Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, it it definitely has its yeah, its root in that making fun of yeah certain groups. I thought <laughs> the really funny thing here is when he when he accidentally whacks his hand with a hammer. Um, he he. Uh, he utter some curse words and the subtitles put it as dad blame it yep <laughs> even though it sounds like something very different <laughs> yeah and he's an old kook i think he's really funny but i think the animation during this this bit it's got kind of this glowy quality i think it looks really nice during all this here yeah it's it adds to the etherealness of the whole story yeah well that and because uh there, it's the full moon yeah like we're seeing the uh the the moonlight uh itself um and but and of course how many of us have you know been in his place his position where we're we're about to like hammer something in and then we like you know smash the hammer into our thumb mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely been putting up some barricades against yeah some sort of monster stealing folks hey mm -hmm. hey geez that's that ain't good but yeah he, he relays that he relays there his story of of what happened and how he kind of lost control of his own body like he he, he was still there, like his mind, he wasn't asleep or anything like that, but he was like awake during the whole process and he was like, he could not move. Like he had no control yeah. over his actions. Yeah, someone seems to be controlling him. Like he was possessed. Yeah. But he still manages to escape. And he points out, yeah, this this mountain seems to be surrounded up in the, uh, or at least a place where the, the victims are going. Mm -hmm. So a little piece of the puzzle there. And Toph was like, oh yeah, that's right. Because we were near the, like the foot of the mountain before. And I was like, isn't that like she heard she heard some voices or like screaming yes. vibrations in the in the uh yeah in the area from the mountains so she's like it basically matches with what old man ding was saying so it's like there must be somebody there so next scene we quickly cut over to them like rushing uh to this like cave and yes uh in, in the in the mountainside yeah and i want to say this next these next few scenes in the forest with the with the kind of with the, the the dark trees and the moonlight, I get and I don't, I don't know if you guys get this, but I get some serious like Scooby Doo on Zombie Island vibes. Oh, I could definitely see right? it. the shot of just like the hand with the veins. Yeah, it just, I can just picture the hair starting to spring up around it. I forgot about this. Like I forgot like that she kind of like I don't know like pumps her, her pumps herself with like blood or whatever. I was like, what the heck? I forgot about that. Like she's flexing almost. Oh, she's getting ripped from that sun energy. She's taking that sunroids, 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 or moon. I moon. think it's yeah. I, this uh, sunroids right up there with your lunar goodness. There you go. This is one of the more weird powers of Sailor Moon. I don't, I don't know how I, if I agree with this or not. Oh, oh uh, dear. So she's getting like you know how to how to put this. She's getting stimulated from like the the the, the full moon. Right. 
Anyway, the other three make their way to the inside the mountain and they find their people trapped under there. Yeah. Chained up. And they say it was a witch that put them down there like like a puppet master. Huh? Yeah, and it it's a lot of folks. A lot of folks with their arms pinned up like that. And mm-hmm. you know me, Isaac. You know, I'm sure you know where I'm going to go. But, but do they have any buckets down there for uh, the bathroom situation? Or are they just... <laughs> Well, it's it's not just that, but um, where's their water, and are they being yeah. fed at all? She's starving them. Well, if you're a waterbender imprisoning them all, you can just like throw a bunch of water in yeah. their mouth, right? That's true. <laughs> oh yeah, but the question is, is this like, is this person doing that? Are they? I don't know. Are are they feeding them like willingly as prisoners? I think I, I have an answer for your question, but we need to get to that part of the story first. Of course, sure. let's keep going because sure. now it's no longer a spirit; it's it's most likely a person. As you said, they say a witch, a rather innkeeper-like witch, apparently. Ooh, <laughs> an innkeeper-like witch. And before we uh, flash to the other two, we, we go to them. We see this cat owl, which makes perfect sense because yeah, I wanted to point that out too. That, that's pretty cool. Right? Like, because come on, <laughs> real owls in real life are are just cats. Owl cat, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and that takes off. It does this like purring hoot thing. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that too. That was great. Mm-hmm. But Sokka was suspicious and, yeah, once again, put the blame on Hama. So it would seem that, yes, his suspicions were just like back in episode one of, of book one, where he was just suspicious of Aang being like not what he seemed. His suspicions have not been wrong in, in this case for uh, who the innkeeper may actually be. Well, I mean, she mm-hmm. is who she says she is. It's just um, what happened during her imprisonment that uh, this all occurred. Take it away, guys. He seems to be very good at following his gut, that Sokka guy. Yeah. Level-headedness is what we always need in a party. We also need outside the creative, uh, outside the box thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of uh, being outside or inside of a box, yeah, we see Hama in her prison days, and yeah, it looked pretty grim. Yeah, they got these boxes suspending off the ground, and their hands behind them. Yeah, it's it's a pretty ugly look. It's like one step from being crucified because, like, at least with with me, I can see like. A lot of like crucified or the the crucifixions like um some uh imagery almost where they're like you know they're they're binded and cuffed like you said to the the cage itself um and like they're they're the the, the prisoner or the the guards come with like you know little spools of water uh from like a stick almost it's yeah, I, i'm just like wow not vinegar not not vinegar no not vinegar indeed <laughs> And then we get to the crucial moment of her realizing that the rats are just skins filled with liquid, which is a really, really kind of, Oof. I don't know, I don't know how to describe that description, but it's not, it's not exactly like a, a nice, it's a very materialistic one. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Very, very like a, a tool for me to use. Other living things are a tool to me. That's kind of like, that's verging into the sociopath kind of territory there, right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a broken person. Yeah, with that kind of mentality. Eek. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the what what she's getting at is that you know she she's you have to fend for you got to find water wherever you can. And so each time it was like a full moon, she felt like a, a, a vigor reinvigorated almost like the like the the moon like gave her a bunch of like strength that she never thought she had, uh, especially in this like dark place where you know she was um, had limited resources for herself. And realized that probably through this, like these, these, this amplification almost, she realized that, you know, what is, what is a, you know, all life, but, you know, 
water being everywhere, as she said before. Now, the whole idea that, you know, yes, humans have water in their bodies. Yes, but it's you know, about 60%. We're not talking all fully made of, of, of water, but like... 75. Yes. There you go. 75, yeah. Yeah, roughly like, yeah, 45 to 75%. Uh, I also looked it up that apparently uh, babies apparently babies mm-hmm. have a lot more water in them than like us, like adults do hmm. think on that for a moment. Yeah. It makes sense. Well, they're kind of, well, they often come out kind of swollen and kind of bulbous <laughs> looking. So I, I can see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And even their bones are more like squishy than fully solid. Yeah, fully formed. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine what she could do to a baby. Oh, come let, on. Let, let's not go there yet. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 not. Let's not. <laughs> now, so finally we're at blood bending. Yeah. Which is the ability of bending someone's blood. Yeah, controlling the water in another, as she puts it. Um what uh for both of you, what do you think of the movements that she does? Like the, the almost like the marionette like way of, of moving almost. Oh yeah, it's creepy. It it's it's well done. It definitely has a much more kind of uh, alien quality because usually the bending has a pretty sense to the motion. Yeah. Yeah. Hers feels like in a distorted kind of way. It's true. Like you notice them, how they all move like air. They're very like, well, they're air like the, the water. Water is very fluid, like water. Fire is very like, you know, kind of like aggressive, like fire. Earth is just kind of more stomping and kind of grounded. But yeah, this one is very... It's almost like kind of more minimal and just it reminds me kind of like a force choking like in Star Wars hmm. where it's kind of it's small. It's finite, but it's very, very kind of deliberate. Yeah, this this is an odd reference. I think only Isaac will get it. Um, do you remember in the movie The Horrors of Malformed Men, the very bizarre dance kind of thing that the main villain would do in it? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Yes feels very similar to this. <laughs> yeah, that's a reference, all right. Um, so I don't remember, I read it somewhere, but I did read that the uh, martial arts coordinator for the series, Siku Kisu, uh, did, in fact, find something regarding a real-world martial art. I don't remember where in China it was practiced, but there is a martial art that kind of has this weird, like, way, like almost, I don't know if it's praying mantis, but, like, again, something very, you know, where... Again, it's like you're controlling like marionettes, mm. right? Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, I think the setting is great for creepy too. It's this kind of windy night with the full mm. moon light there, and all the little leaves flying around them, and their hair too. I think it's very uh, has a very dramatic quality to it. Well, very well done. Someone really did their gothic horror homework with this setting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, and then yeah, of course, of course, she's just like telling Katara, like, "Hey, once you get this right, like, once it." Once again, echoing Star Wars, in my opinion, you know, like just if you, mm. if you come to my side, your power will be greater than ever before. Yeah, and I like the way Katara puts it, too. She's like to, to reach inside someone and control them. Just that idea. It's just got a really creepy. It's sickening. It's violating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, very, very clearly went down a very dark direction. And the fact that she can't see it is. Yeah, yikes. No more just immediately kind of uh, accepting this as a member of your tribe. This is definitely something to push aside quickly mm-hmm. it's yeah it's it's ugly it's it's ugliness like because you can't falter for what's ha- happened to her but at the same time the fact that she's not really there anymore and she's doing to others what like others had done to her 
you can't agree with, but so it's very, like, it's a very ugly situation. And I, I like this. Yeah. I like how, yeah, like, sure. She's the, well, I don't, don't want to say that, like she's the antagonist for this episode. Yes. But you know, it's, it's like a, from a person from the water tribe that's, but again, it's, it's because of war and what it's done to her. Exactly. So it's, yeah. again, it's not a, it's not a good clean situation. It's so ugly. Yeah. Another shade of what the horrors of war can be is mm. your own, the victims can become just as horrific and it's it, it's cool to see how she, you know, of course, her, her motive for revenge are kind of like, OK, fair enough. I can see where you might read want to mess up the Fire Nation in return. But the interesting yep. thing to me is where she goes from there. Mm. Because in the flashbacks, when she escaped, she's still fairly she still seems fairly young. Right. Mm-hmm. And now she's really she's she's pretty, pretty old now. I'd kind of pin her just based on. Well, we know what the story, what, at least like 75, right? Something like that, yeah. So in the past, like, f- like say 30, 40 years, when she's known this technique and thought like this, what was she doing with it? Oh, yes. I was thinking about so this So like too. that prison full of people under the mountain, like how many how many other people is she imprisoned over the years? And, and what's her goal? Is yeah. to just imprison their people the same way they imprisoned hers? It just kind of like... The more you kind of think about it, the more you realize that her goal, her goal is not exactly tangible. No, it's just kind of blind, ragey vengeance. Yeah, because it's not like she's doing anything to try to stop the Fire Nation. She's going after just citizenry, and yeah, maybe going from town to town and just yeah, killing a whole bunch of folks. Yeah, during the cycles of the moon. Yikes! <laughs> it's it's a revenge story, and it's again like I, I, it's clear like you you understand the like you know the backstory, the motivations, but it's I mean motivations, but it's it's just like all i can say is just ugly it's this is just like very very ugly yeah and to make things even more grim her 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 assurance that katara has to carry on her work for her yeah it's kind of the only thing that could kind of make this creepier at this point (laughs) yeah pretty much and the the great animation of her her face as she's becoming more and more villainous yeah i was i was looking at that too like she they she, she really owns it yeah, and rightfully so, Katara decides, okay, well, I'm just going to have to stop you now. I, I can't let you keep doing this stuff. And then she gets the blood bending put to her. I really like how she even makes the point, just like, uh, before you turned against me, you should have learned this technique. I'm just like, that's that, that's actually a really interesting thing to say. Mm-hmm. That is, you are you are downright correct on that, Johnny. That is, that is such a funny line. <laughs> well, Katara, she also can just, you know, think more with her emotions than her head. Yeah. It can get her into trouble. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't make the same mistake as well. But this is also what makes yeah. her so power, strong enough to fight back. Yeah. But first, she definitely gets messed up, messed around with, with this bloodbending. Uh, <sighs> then she realizes she's just, just as powerful, if not more so. So then, yeah, fights back pretty hard, which is kind of cool. I'm wondering that. Help me out here, Caleb. So, do you think gets like is? Do you think it's because of the moon? Like, do you think it's because of the full moon that it gives her this like upgraded resistance, like this amplified resistance to the blood bending? Yeah, I, I think so. But also, Hama's she's an old lady. Yeah, you know. Okay. I mean, she's real old. It's not like she's like a master in there, just past their prime. She looks like she could be like almost eighty. 
Like, there's a difference between her and Uncle Iroh, for instance. Like, Uncle yes. Iroh, like, in, like the, previously we saw him in the jail cell. Uh, he was he was getting buff. Like, he was getting ripped. Like, he was still doing calisthenics. He was still doing, like, body exercises or plyometrics. Like, he was still, you know, working out and, like, still moving. So his body is still uh, in good health. So you could actually believe that somebody uh, much younger than him could lose to him. Right. Uh, so it wouldn't be that far off. But her... Yeah, you're right. She looks like even though she's moving, she's still practicing her techniques. She's a lot more frail looking. Yeah. And it also could be because of, you know, years being imprisoned. We don't know how long she was imprisoned for. So maybe like it didn't just do a number to her psyche, mm-hmm. but also maybe true. her body. So, but yeah, f- fair enough. I could, I could probably, uh, f- I probably find the idea that uh, Katara is amplified uh, by the full moon to kind of break through uh hama's control i that that makes sense well you think of it in D terms isaac imagine if she had like a i was thinking that too a fortitude save or a will save and then yeah because of a natural ability well the moon gives her a plus four or a plus two i'm i'm good you're 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 on it i'm glad you're here that kind of makes sense also hama too is in a position where she obviously knows this technique very well but she kind of hasn't oh, yeah. really had any opposition exactly ever yeah. She's, she's never you make a good point she's quite good at, at you know bloodbending especially unsuspecting targets because everyone is because no one knows what this uh, technique is which is kind of really messed up too yes but then uh, but for an actual one-to-one fight she hasn't probably hasn't had one of those in well since like her old like sparring days when she was a kid yeah versus katara who every week she's out there battling these guys yeah you're you're on it johnny i didn't i didn't think of that you're right it's it's the whole self-taught versus like you go to school for it so obviously there's some people who, you know, can be self-taught because their bodies are like that. Well, um, I wouldn't say it's self-taught. I was more just like, you know, combat experience versus not combat experienced. Yeah, that too. And then this this nice line here where she, Aang and Sokka show up and, and Aang says, give up, you're outnumbered. And she says, no, you've outnumbered yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. Great line. Great line. Yeah. And poor Katara too, just during that, just like begging for her to stop. And it's, yeah, it's just sad seeing someone under that kind of influence i mean that's yeah that's a very kind of perverted power to have over someone yeah and just yeah yikes yeah and you know she basically puppets these the you know ang uh, and Sokka, and it's yeah it's uh, yeah i know it's i i love the mo- motions of how like it's not off animation but i love how like they they move very crooked like like um uh, very stiff they, they move very stiff and wooden it's it's really good yeah yeah like a malfunctioning robot or something. Oh yeah, and then and then of course through that we eventually have the climax where she makes them Sokka and Aang fly at each other with a sword in the middle, which is of course spells lots of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> and the only possible solution is for Katara to do the thing. <laughs> yeah, but before we get to that little bit, I, I did want to point out I like the way that she keeps like a, popping these trees, just sucks all the water out of them and just bursts them. It's like oh, poor trees, but it's very it's very brutal, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I, this is like this is pushing the like either G rating or I don't know if this this episode is PG, uh, but like this definitely is pushing it to its fullest extent. Not just with like blood bending, but with like plant bending from trees. It's like good grief. I love that line also with Aang, where it's like, uh, like he. I love the fact that they're both warning Katara's like, "Look out, Katara!" And then yeah, she like, you know, right. hates them, and then <laughs> proceeds to like um, push him against the tree and freeze them. And she's like, "I'm sorry." It's like it's okay under under the circumstances. I I get it. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, there is some good dialogue here. There's one point. There's one bit of dialogue that I I kind of thought was kind of dumb was when Sokka is telling his arm to stop it. Uh-huh. 
Well, it is Sokka. It came off of the little forest to me, but it's also Sokka, so it's like, eh. Yeah, the, the little bits of levity, I feel like, are definitely needed with something like this. I mean, this is, yeah, that's a lot. It's so funny that it works. Like, mm. like, any, like, like, especially in the midst of, like, yeah, this, like, really creepy, like, you can control somebody's, like, insides. Like they actually made it work. I, I I gotta I gotta like tip my hat to them for that. That 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 like any other. I mean I can't say any other series, but I think they've definitely earned it and they've yeah. they've written enough to like um make that line feel appropriate. Yes. Yeah, and I think I think in terms of because a lot of mind control stuff is you know it is that kind of violation. It is an ugly power. I think it makes it worse that these people are fully aware of like they just have no control over their their limbs yeah I, th- I think there's something about that that makes it creepier and also look the idea of bloodbending in this episode they could have gone a really comedic route with it too like, like you, you can imagine them pitching it in the writing room just like oh hey what if they controlled someone's blood in their bodies like they could have very easily gone like not dark and just not explored this angle of it and just made it kind of like fun but they just did not <laughs> well that's yeah but yeah no I, th- I think i think you are right in that um yeah, anyway, so we, we basically get it to the point where she's going to make Sokka and Aang butt heads and with Sokka's sword. And um, you're right, like, uh, Tara basically, just she has to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they handled that well, too. You can tell that Katara is disgusted with herself that she has to do it. And Hom is just, like, terrified that, oh, no, I, I completely miscalculated this. I've been bested at <laughs> my own game. Yeah. I... She did really take the uh, she did take my uh, my lesson seriously, or she took my words seriously. She's like, you should have like let me teach you it first. Yeah, but what's creepy though is it's it's in a way it was still a victory for her because she's like, ah, my work is done. Like I still pass this knowledge on to you. So that's no that's not great. It won't die with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was her one goal. And she even laughs, nasty lady. And I <laughs> I really like how the episode ends too where just she kind of breaks down crying and it's just there's there's no like oh it's going to be okay there's no there's no little like you know cut to the next day and they're happy it just nope ends it's like yeah <laughs> they wanted you to sit with that one yeah no that that was very well done and a very different kind of end for avatar very usually they do end on a very nice little note when they can yeah so it was very felt very real it depends. It, it, there have been episodes where it doesn't end all peachy clean. True. Like in the um, in book one, episode eight, where uh, it's the um, oh. it was with Roku and the whole meet, uh, with Solzhen's Comet. That was one where it kind of also mm. ended with uncertainty. Hey, what was season two, episode eight or book two, episode eight? Maybe this is a, a cycle that they oh, do. Yeah. Book three. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you, you, got, you got a point there. Um, Korra two, maybe? I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, I don't remember. But ten, yeah, maybe potentially. Who who knows? But yeah, there's a lot of good character stuff there too. With her, with, with her having to, you know, do the thing, like go against her own morals to save her friends. Yeah, that's that, that's really that, that, that's a really heavy subject that she's clearly not okay with. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. There's never a point where she breaks tr- her trust with, uh, or she d- destroys her trust with her friends. Uh, they they clearly are like grieving with her when that that happens at the toward yeah. like uh, right at the end. Where they like you know um, put their hands on her shoulders to comfort her and yeah. uh, to let her be there. Um, what I was gonna say was when you said when Caleb mentions uh, you know total like domination over your body, I was like this is also kind of similar to um, Get Out where mm. um, mm-hmm. well with mm. the coagulant where true. Uh, they were gonna like you know take 
what's his face's like brain out of his body and he would be in the um what was that place called the resting zone or whatever she that trance she puts him in and like he can see everything but he can't control his body so it's like geez yeah, right yeah i forgot about that Eek. yeah <laughs> But yeah, very fitting for them all to be just grieving over the the horrors that they experienced in this episode. Completely, so. yeah. But are we grieving? Uh, let's let's come to final thoughts. Sure. Yeah, starting with uh, starting with you, Johnny, as the guest, you get the honors there. Sure. Yeah. This. <laughs> so, of course, I've only watched through the series once. Blasphemy, I know. But it's, it's okay. And of course, well, my entire um my entire memory of the series overall is is of course very good. I enjoyed the whole the whole thing as many people do. I think it's excellent all the way through, but I remember that this was one of the episodes that definitely stood out to me that I can actually actually like remember because I can't recall every single event of the series, but you, but I recall the ones that that really kind of make you feel a certain thing, right? And this one was just kind of like there's a lot going on here that you don't really see in shows of this type. It's just it's really dark. It's it's philosophical. It's very. <laughs> Like they they really flip the tone and go for a much more hurt, like gothic horror aesthetic at times. Well, but the impressive thing about that is they do it while still saying in the show's established framework and the show's established universe and its own tone as well. Because mm-hmm. like like you'll see a lot of things where, where like I mean, hey, we we covered this a bit in a different channel with the Resident Evil movies where the tone is just kind of inconsistent. <laughs> Here it just it just doesn't have that problem. They just wrote it in really well and it feels really natural. Absolutely. Another example of something the show did very, very well. Yeah, and I'll cut the line, Isaac. I guess I'll go next. No, go on, by all means, please. <laughs> yeah, I like the fact that um, we get another Katara-focused episode, and this one feels in tone with the previous Katara episode for this season, uh, The Painted Lady, where we see kind of a different shade of, yeah, the, the what war can do to to people, or, or in the case of The Painted Lady, the, just the town, just kind of destroy the spirit and yeah, what does it leave behind? And yeah, to see what it left behind for this this poor lady Hama. I mean, it turned her into a monster. Yeah, basically a serial killer, <laughs> which is which is a lot uh, in in a dark, pretty pretty dark one. So, I imagine if I saw this as a kid, yeah, I'd be I'd be thinking about this one for a long time afterwards. And yeah, no, definitely a big standout, and I I really enjoyed coming back to it. Mm-hmm. But on to you, Isaac. Thank you. Uh, there was a reason, Johnny, I, I wanted you on this one because I knew these were similar to your sensibilities as Johnny is a master of horror. Oh, come on. And so I knew he would definitely like, you know, have Stop. have a definitely. And, and I, I figured, yeah, you, you had seen the whole series before, as you said. So I was like, but your standout. Yeah, exactly. This is like a standout moment for everybody. This is. Yeah. Like I said, they there are probably other children's or at least, you know, family programs that kind of draw the line of like okay what can you actually put on like children's television mm. and this is definitely one of them that was really i i will admit and say that i i think a lot of other fans have uh pointed out where it's like okay is blood bending inherently evil mm. good um, question because i mean sure i'm not i'm not, not stating that um uh the, the controlling of one's limbs that makes sense however uh, if you recall, one of the other abilities that waterbenders have, and it almost kind of maybe have pre- preceded or at least uh, set up the idea of bloodbending was the fact they can heal. Mm. They have the ability mm. to use water to go into the body and like heal an enemy. An enemy excuse me. Um, so the biggest thing is that with like bloodbending, well, if you can control blood, 
this potentially means that you can prevent like either blood loss or even better prevent blood clots. You can, you know, um, purge the body of any like, you know, weak blood veins or something like that, add more water to it so that it gets, you know, more and strengthens the muscles. So there actually may be some good medical practices mm. for it. But obviously, again, I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not here to say like, you know, bloodbenders lives matter or some, you know, phony <laughs> thing like that. Oh, no. um, God. There, I think there is like, you know, as, as with everything, there is, uh, there's there there can be good techniques, but yeah. uh, unfortunately, in in this show as of now, has not kind of shown us that with uh, these. As we constantly see, firebenders are like fire is kind of the especially with Zhang Zhang, it's like fire uh, is like the element of destruction, mm. um, and, and is a very powerful one as well. So it is nice that we at least also get to see that water, like the potential uh, abusive uh, factors of water bending. It is nice, but mm-hmm. it's true. Uh, you know, for for the the acting on on this one with with um with Hama, I think they did a really good job of getting um was it Tess? Yeah, Tess McNeil, and she's I she's been in like if you're a millennial, you probably heard her in a lot of cartoons. She was in a lot of like Disney related stuff, but I think what a lot of people remember her also from like she was um Dot Warner uh in the uh, Animaniacs, but one of the other things she was in, she was Mom. Uh, in Futurama, where you know she was just like oh. she, she was sinister, of course, but it was in like a comedic sense. So uh-huh. she, I think, leans more into that, but with a lot more like sinisterness and not as like f- funny because you know she's supposed to be this like you know she's she's the creator of all the robots in that series, and yeah. um, she puts on a facade of being like this you know very gracious old lady, and then like you know as soon as like you know she leaves the scene of everybody, she's like this cold hearted person. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Oh, I would have never placed that was her, but now that you say it, I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it literally it literally does sound like mom. I'm like, oh man, that's that's kind of funny. Yeah, and, and just to echo that, yeah, she is great, very sinister, and, and she does a good job putting on that kind of play act of being a nice old lady and then just slipping in the sinister quality to some lines. And this doesn't have that problem with like, was it, was it Smallville or no 24? That's the problem that Captain Logan has where he's, uh, it's just like, as soon as the, the bad guy is revealed, uh, after like during the mid season or whatever, they all of a sudden start acting evil. Yes. <laughs> There's so many things that do that. It's like, oh, even stupid resident evil. The first one we have the guy cause, cause two characters who have amnesia. And once the guy remembers, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be the bad guy here stealing stuff. Next thing you know, now he's turning on everyone as a bad guy. It was like, hey, before you got your memory back, you were just one of the one of the team. So I always hate that kind of trope. Yeah, what happened there? And so yeah, that's, that's fair. So I mean, I, I maybe one can argue like, yeah, she all of a sudden turns. Well, no, she's just hiding the fact that she is evil. I mean, maybe one could say the same thing in uh, with with like a twenty four characters. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. No, no, that 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 could be, but yeah, the consistency in the performance because. It's not like she knows that she's evil. She she thinks that she's, you know, making up for the genocide of her people. Well, this is her revenge. Here's another thing I didn't think about this. What if these are her next victims? Oh, like uh, with with Toph and Aang and and Sokka. The boomerangs. Yeah. What I mean, I'm not. I don't, I don't know if it was, but I'm just like, yeah. You know, what if what if that was the case? Like, what if she was like just just like, which which I don't know if it's witch Hazel, but like the, the witch from uh, Hansel and Gretel. Like, what if that was the case? Like, yeah. she was, like, lulling them in, and then she was going to, like, pr- imprison them. To be fair, yeah, they are dressed like firebenders, and, yeah, she just wants any firebenders punished. 
So, but at the same time, maybe she also looked at Katara and Sokka and was just like Water Tribe. Yeah, could just see it in their features. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't obviously like you know back that statement up. But I'm just like maybe kind of similar to what Piandao said uh, <laughs> in in Sokka's Master, where he was just like Trily, even though they didn't give her her name, their name, excuse me. It was just like uh, initially uh, when that when she first met them, it was just like. Yeah, maybe she just knew that it was they, they were Water Tribe to begin with. Yeah, it could be, could be. Anyways, yeah, no, this was a very good episode. I now, where do you think it sits for in the story? Do you think it's filler, or do you think it's uh, very like much tied into? The, I mean, it is continuity. Don't get me wrong, but like, do you think this will affect the overall plot? Hey, well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I think for the overall theme for this season so far is, I mean, we've seen with the Zuko side of the plot and with the avatar side is yeah just looking at the impact of what this this imperial force has been maybe to give us more uh you know hope that they'll end it at the end of this season so so in that regard i, I think it does add that new shade mm. or at least another shade nice yeah and something that if if it is a new discovery that nobody else has made it was because of war and i think that is uh yeah i think you're right it's yeah. just fleshing out um the the entire world as well like this is these are the um, uh, circumstances, not circumstances, but these are the, res- um, re- not results, but the outcomes of war. Consequences yeah. to war. Thank you. That's what it is. Consequences. Yeah. Um, thank you very, very much, Johnny, for coming on once again. I appreciate you being here and uh, hope you had a good time. Always do, guys. I'm always happy to be on here as well. Always good to revisit this series. It's always been, it, it's always a great time. So thanks for having me on. Isaac, do you have any last uh, last words of wisdom for us? I do. I, I I pose this morality tale to us all. Can do you think you yourself, the listener, uh, would be able to handle the power and the pressure, or just you know the the overall like madness that is bloodbend? Can you mm. you know control somebody's blood without going mad from the revelation? Till next time, peace. I guess uh, at 0235, um, Toph's sandals are, or her shoes are actual shoes. It's not her feet. Oh, oh, weird. It's, it's weird. It's weird that JM was the like perpetrators behind this flash. Yeah. No, that is weird. What the, <laughs> hey, JM, you guys have such a good track record. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, one more thing. Just, just one more thing. Um, <laughs> and you can put this wherever. Uh, just to, quickly address it we're not gonna we're not gonna make you know talk about this uh too long but I, just to date ourselves yes i and caleb are aware of no we're not gonna get like you know we're, uh, no, notifications from people but yes we are aware that uh the set photos for um netflix's avatar last airbender series have been released 
and they have given us a tentative date, a very, very vague and ambiguous date, albeit, of 2024. Mm. Uh, I mean, we're not rushing because we still have, you know, the rest of book three and then core to do. So, I mean, we're not, and then the comics as well. So uh, we're fine. Like, uh, I don't know how we're going to do that, but that'll be in the future. So yeah, just, just putting it out there. Like, yeah, we're, we're aware of this. Yeah. And we're still working on our plans on what exactly we're going to do, depending on when it comes out. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll let you all know once we have a more clear picture of when the date is for that. Yes, of course. Uh, we'll, we'll plan attentively. We'll, we, we're working behind the scenes on this. Yeah, and did you take a look at the pictures at all? I did, yeah. I thought, uh, I mean, I guess for a lot of people it's, you know, praise because it's like, oh, hey, the characters are all their ethnicities. Yeah, and at least one of them I recognize, the actress playing Katara. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's a Canadian actress, indigenous. Well, same with, uh, same with Aang. <laughs> oh, he's Canadian as well? Uh, except he's not uh, Nepalese, he's Filipino. Oh, okay. Mm. So for, I just mean for anybody who wanted him to be like a Nepalese actor, it's like, well, I, take take Filipino instead. <laughs> well, hey, remember they were it, the series was filmed here, so like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if half the entire cast were Canadian. <laughs> yeah, but her in particular, I wanted to point out, um, she was in this this great movie from a few years ago, a few years ago called Beans. I I was thinking that I was like, is that the is that the actor from Beans? Yeah, did you see that movie? I didn't see it. I obviously saw like the trailers for it. I knew, I'd probably watch it with you one of these days because it looks pretty cool. But I'm just like, for some reason, I had Beans on my mind. I'm like, it might be her. And yeah, no, thanks for telling me that was her. Yeah, that was a very heavy movie about a lot of uh, yes, yeah, very racist uh, event in Quebec. Yeah, grim movie, but but very well done, and she was great in it. And she was also great in the final season of Anne with an E. Oh, she was in that, eh? Where she uh, was part of another exceedingly grim plot about uh, residential schools. Ugh. And the series ended in a very dark place for her. They they ended her story unfinished, and she was also very, very good in that series. So that gives me a lot of faith that she can bring it out good for Katara. The other actors, I, I don't know, but... You know, we're not familiar with yet. We'll probably do our research later on uh, yeah. as we get closer to it. Not everybody, obviously, has been uh, announced. Or not Sorry, not announced. Not everybody yet. They've been announced, excuse me, but not all of the actors have been seen in their roles. I wonder... Yeah. I, actually, I'm curious with Daniel D. Kim as the Fire Lord and how much oh, oh, they're oh. going to, like, <laughs> keep, you know, the... I don't, at this point, yeah, the illusion of his face being masked. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested. Yeah, and I'll say to the pictures that they released, the one that looked the best I thought was uh, Zuko. Um, I didn't necessarily love the the eye makeup, but I thought the the costume that he had uh, looked very very good. Can I be honest? I didn't actually see the scar. <laughs> yeah, it was very faint. It was it wasn't as bad as the M Night, where it was like you had to squint and put a magnifying glass to see it. I uh, it was yeah, but it was it was not great. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's not what it's actually gonna look like in the series. I guess i mean again that's all in like still images so it's it's yeah. like everybody's complaints with like the flash series uh 2014 series excuse me where when we first saw <laughs> grant gustin in his uh superhero suit uh, or this flash flash suit excuse me it looked weird uh and then when it was in motion people still complained but it was a little bit easier to digest because again it's certain yes yeah, certain things will look probably not great and like stilled and still life excuse me but in motion it's like okay i could sort of see how this works mm. yeah hopefully i mean at this point, like the scar for Zuko, 
it's not as when I say when I say bad. I mean the the way it should look, I guess, is kind of like a I guess a lighter version of um, Harry or Harvey Dent from Dark Knight. Yeah, just without the open open part of his face. Yeah, but yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, only only up where his eye is, and not so much of the skin removed, but just like a little less burnt than what he had happened to him on that movie, but about the same. Yeah. Or but but, but similar idea. Yeah, it should be def- a deformation kind of scar. Yeah, th- you would think because Zuko's face looks like it would be deformed if you would see it up close. That's the thing as well. I I think people everywhere have probably seen like you know a person like this or have a friend yeah. that have like uh, some sort of like either burn or or other like deformation within their like body. Yeah, and I think maybe saying deform might be ac- actually considered like. A little... uh, yeah, I apologize. I apologize. I didn't mean that. Yeah, I apologize too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure what word to use, but it, uh, a very uh, clear scarring. It it shouldn't just look like a mild injury like they had in the M Night movie. Or a lot of significant trauma should be done to the skin. Yes, that's yeah, a long way to say it, but maybe that's what people want. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> but but no, yeah, I, I'm. I'm tentatively looking forward to it. Um, I'm Netflix is not the best track record lately with this kind of stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping it won't just be canceled after one season. You know, that's my real concern. <laughs> I mean, the problem is that they've hired everybody and they've like, they've cast everybody. So I, I'm not sure, man, I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing that they did right with this recent, harry potter hbo series not to mention mention that and all of the uh, baggage that comes with it well i mean first off but, it hasn't even been like filmed yet has it no no but but this is uh early on in the agreement okay it was set up that if this is going to be done it's not going to be a, a one season and cancel it's the deal was that it has to be completed okay so so that one we at least know no matter what it's going to look like we're going to get the whole thing it's a little not great not having that security with Avatar, but yeah. Regardless of for Harry Potter, regardless of if that Max series is written poorly, uh, it's still getting seven seasons. Yeah. Un- unless, of course, there's so much backlash that like Warner Brothers caves in as usual and uh, <laughs> could be again. So I'm, I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw it on that show. I'm just like for for argument's sake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would break their agreements with jk rowling and she would pull their the whole project from them and go to a different studio yeah, probably because yeah and i know that she said that she didn't want to put any sort of faith in tv stuff now but they convinced her that they would do it do it right oh yeah of course they convinced her but she'll probably come back and be like yeah no you guys didn't convince me convinced her by signing a giant check I yes imagine. yes of course um <laughs> yeah so I, I obviously we're not trying to be you know so down on the uh on the avatar but i just no, uh, no. I have, it's it just goes back to the writing that's that's all it is for us well okay I mean, that's not all it is for us but like it's certainly an important thing for making the series good yeah and performances and i mean i could accept you know not the best cgi i mean i know what era we live in but yeah, I just I just hope that it's okay. You know, I hope that it's it it passes the okay bar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we actually haven't seen images of Oppa yet either. Well, they they put out something. I can't remember what, but maybe that was actually the first promotional image was Oppa. That was a promotional image. I don't know if that was. I thought that was just a concept art. Could be. Could be. 
But yeah, maybe we're jumping the gun. Maybe we're diving too deep. It's something that we... Yeah, no, and we did exactly what you didn't want to do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I swear, I literally tried to keep it brief. <laughs> no, it, it was partially my fault. Once once you got me going, I couldn't help it. But yeah, no, keep, keep tuned. You know, if there's more stuff in the news, we'll definitely address it if it seems like it's worth addressing. 